Welcome to The Kate Show, a weekly marketing podcast for interior designers and home stagers. Hosted by author, entrepreneur, and marketing consultant, Kate the Socialite. Each week, you'll learn helpful tips on how to make social media easier, how to grow your mailing list, and how to simplify every area of marketing and advertising your business. With her blunt, no-fluff approach, Kate stands up for business owners who want real results in their marketing, but have limited time or resources. And now, please welcome your host, Kate the Socialite. My name is Kate the Socialite, and you are listening to episode 33 of The Kate Show. Guys, today we're talking about the nine tips you need to follow for growing your business. And this episode was inspired by a listener request. So thank you very much, Sarah. Sarah had emailed me asking, hey, can you create an episode that talks specifically to new business owners and gives us a nice little checklist as far as what we should or shouldn't be doing when we're starting our businesses. And to that, I said, yes, absolutely. I love talking about new businesses and new business owners, especially in the home industry, because it is such a unique place to be. It is emotional, it is terrifying, it is exciting, it's full of ups and downs, and if I can at least share my experiences and my mistakes with you all, I hope that you'll be able to avoid making them, and I hope that you will get a lot out of this episode in particular, because I don't hold back, guys. You know me, I never do. So let's just dive right in. The very first thing you need to do before you take on your first client as a designer, a stager, a workroom, what have you, the very first thing you need to do is become an LLC. Now, I can't tell you how many business owners I have connected with and have told me that they actually don't have an LLC set up. That means they're not even businesses. They're just people who have become sole proprietors and they've chosen a business name and they've gotten a logo and they look very legitimate on the surface, but according to the government, according to the IRS, they are not businesses. And that is so terrifying because it means that, heaven forbid, they were ever sued. The court could come after their personal assets, not just their supposed business assets. That is not good. I mean, there is no client or project that is worth potentially losing your house, your car, or your savings account over. So the very first thing you need to do is become an LLC. Okay, I can hear a few of you rolling your eyes at this point because you're like, but Kate, you don't understand. I don't have a lot of money. In fact, I have no money and setting up an LLC is expensive. Well, I wanna share something with you. When I started my business, at age 22, just a few years ago, I spent $600 up front with an actual attorney. I sat in her office and we created an LLC for my business. But the good news is that now in 2018 or whenever you happen to listen to this episode, there are other options. You can actually get an LLC online for less than $200. In fact, I think it's around $150. And you get all the right legal documents. They'll even send you a binder. So I'm going to put a link to this online LLC entity in the show notes. That way you guys can go check it out. So if you do not have an LLC for your business, it doesn't matter what industry you are in, it doesn't matter what you are offering, 
You must protect yourself. Not only does it make you a legitimate business, but it also will protect everything that you have worked so hard to build. All right, so the second thing that you need to do when you are first starting out in your interior design or home staging business is start collecting the names and email addresses of everyone who contacts you and expresses interest in working with you. Now, honestly, this was my biggest mistake. For the first, well, about two years of my business, I didn't have this information. Like, I am so embarrassed, you guys. I am all about email marketing today, and here I didn't even have a mailing list for the first two years. Now, obviously, I was still able to make a comeback, but I would have been a lot further along in the game by now if I had started collecting names and email addresses from day one. So I'm telling you guys, do not make the mistake that I made. All you need to do is get a free MailChimp account. You can head over to MailChimp.com or just start with a simple spreadsheet. Use a Google Doc, whatever it takes, start recording these things. Now you wanna make sure that you're not putting people in your mailing list who didn't give you permission to contact them. So if they were people that you met at a trade show or a networking event, you cannot put them in your mailing list. But if you did work for them or if they contacted you because they wanted to work with you and then for some reason it did not pan out but you're still on good terms with them, yes, it is safe for you to put them in your mailing list. Once you have at least 30 people on your mailing list, get yourself that MailChimp account and start sending a monthly email newsletter. And I'm going to give you some resources for email newsletters that are already created for you at the end of this episode. But for right now, I just want you to know that this was the biggest mistake I made when I first started my business. I did not have a mailing list. I did not send an email newsletter. And now that I am doing all of those things, I have landed thousands of dollars in projects. And my clients who are designers and stagers and workrooms have also landed thousands of dollars in projects just by having a mailing list that they send an email newsletter to every four weeks. So I do not want you guys to miss out on this, especially when you are just getting started in business and every client is a game changer for you. So I want you to write that one down or repeat it to yourself over and over like a mantra, must have a mailing list, must have a mailing list, okay? It's really important. The third thing that you need to do to grow your business right from the start is get a good brand. Now, a brand is so much more than a logo. It is the colors that you choose throughout all of your website, your marketing materials that are both printed and digital. It has to do with the verbiage that you use and how you treat your clients. It has to do with the first impression that you make. So it is a lot more than just having a great logo. But I do want to talk about the importance of a good logo because I think there is some confusion around it. So Again, don't do what I did in the very beginning of business because I chose a logo template that who knows how many other businesses were using and I put, you know, my name or my business name in it and called it good. That's not good because it just means that my brand or my logo looked like a lot of other businesses did and 
That is the exact opposite of what a brand should do. A brand should make you unique and memorable, and it should be based more on what your ideal client would like to see than on what you like or what you can afford at the time. And just so you know, getting a custom logo is not expensive, or at least it doesn't have to be. It's something that I offer for my clients because I have this amazing graphic designer on my team. And if you're interested in that, I'll put info in the show notes. But if you want to work with somebody on Fiverr or Upwork.com, then you should because there are so many talented graphic designers in this world and they have a variety of different price ranges. So there's absolutely no excuse for you to not have a custom logo. There are certain platforms out there that will just let you download a template and customize it and it's extremely cheap, but just know that is truly cheapening your brand. You need to be unique and you need to make sure that your logo, that your colors, that your fonts and the verbiage that you use throughout your website is all focused on the client that you would love to work with the most. So don't choose a logo just because you like it. Don't choose colors because they're your favorite colors. Think about the meaning behind each design in your brand and ask yourself, would my ideal client be attracted to this? If the answer is no or maybe, then you need to go back to the drawing board, often literally. But don't get overwhelmed by this. If in a year or two you find out you need to rebrand, whether it's changing your business name or changing just your logo or your colors or making a a more modern version of your logo, like that's okay. I have changed my logo three times since being in business for just over four years. And yeah, it's a real pain in the neck, but it's totally possible. And it's for this reason, alone that you absolutely need to understand before you start marketing who you're marketing to because that will affect how you present yourself in business. It will affect your brand. It will affect your website. It will affect your client processes, the services you offer, the contracts you have people sign. So you need to understand exactly who you will be speaking to because like I have said in previous episodes, The wonderful Marie Forleo is quoted as saying, if you're talking to everyone, you're talking to no one. So make sure that you are not in business to serve anyone with a home or any real estate agent who is selling a home. You have to be clear on who is this person? Where do they live? How much money do they make? What are their interests and hobbies? What problems do they experience on a daily basis that you can come in and solve for them? And then build your marketing and your brand around that because that is what will make you stand out. All right, so the fourth thing you should do goes along with this and that is getting a simple and easy to navigate website. This is crucial for anyone who is getting started in business, whether you are in the home industry or not. Now I say easy to navigate because we can sometimes make websites so darn complicated, even if we're DIYing it, to the point where people who visit the site are confused about who we are, they're not sure what we offer, and they're not even sure how to click around on our website, and that means they will leave. It means they will not go to your contact page and book a consult with you. It means they won't get in your mailing list. 
So make sure that your website is clean, clear, and simple. You don't need to overdo it. If you have a three-page website, so you've got your home page, your portfolio, and a contact page, and maybe a fourth page for your services, like that's okay. You don't need to have something really complicated. If you're at the point where you just want to build your website yourself, I recommend you use Squarespace. I use Squarespace for 90% of all the websites that my team designs for our clients, and I use Squarespace for all of my own websites. It is incredible. I really feel that Squarespace has the advantage over Weebly, Wix, and WordPress, and any other platforms out there because Squarespace has built-in SEO, and even if you have no clue what you're doing, your website will still actually look pretty good. And it's easy to learn, it's very intuitive, and it's something that even if you have someone professionally design a site for you on Squarespace, you can then go in later and make changes to it, and you don't need to rely on your website designer's availability or think that you've got to pay someone anytime you want to make an update to your portfolio. So it really puts the power of websites back in the hands of the business owner, which is what I love. All right, so the next thing you need to do to get your business out on the right foot from the very beginning is you need to change your mindset around marketing. Because if I can really make an educated guess right now, and I'm going to, I bet you feel like you need as much publicity as possible. That you feel like you need to be on every social platform that you need to be on House and Yelp and Angie's List and all these different places just because you understand that nobody knows about you and therefore nobody cares about you and they are not going to hire you unless they can hear about you. And there is some truth to that. However, I have seen so many business owners make this mistake and I've made it myself where we think we have to be on every social media platform or network platform out there and all that does is burn us out because it's impossible to do a good job on all those different platforms when we're just a one man or a one woman show. Plus it doesn't make sense to spread ourselves so thinly on platforms where our ideal client is likely not even hanging out. So if you are in the home industry and you're on Twitter, please get off Twitter. That is not going to be a worthwhile investment of your time. And I know I've said this on recent episodes, so I might sound like a broken record, but I have seen so many people, especially home stagers, who get on Twitter and they have very small followings and they don't tweet regularly and you need to be tweeting like five to ten times per day for it to be worthwhile for you. So just just forget about Twitter. You're fine. You don't need it. Instead, focus your efforts on Facebook and or Instagram. You can choose one or the other or you can do both. Do not worry about any other social media platform. Now, if you're concerned about SEO or search engine optimization, you could start posting on Google+, but I don't want you to get overwhelmed right now. So just focus on Facebook or Instagram and post about three times per week on those platforms. Now, one of my previous episodes talks all about creating a social media content calendar. So if you want more information on that, go listen to that episode. And let's just move on because there is so much more that I need to tell you about growing your business 
right from the start. But before I get into our next set of tips, we're going to take a little sponsor break. Hey guys, just popping in here quick because I've got a question for you. Do you have a business partner? Do you have someone who is helping your business move the needle forward every single day? Well, if you're still looking for that special someone, look no further than Nancy Ganzikoffer. She's a business coach for interior designers and other creative entrepreneurs. Nancy understands the unique challenges you face when pursuing your dreams, and she'll help you develop your business identity, set goals, and manage your time. Now, if you're not part of her Facebook group, Actionable Entrepreneurs, you'll want to get in there right away. Nancy's there every single day, giving tips, support, and lessons to keep you taking action and moving forward in your business. Now, if you're ready to take a giant leap forward, get on her calendar for a strategy call. It's 50 minutes of straight business coaching, and you'll leave that session with clarity, goals, and a direction towards growth in your business. Head over to businesscoachnancy.com forward slash consult. Okay, let's get back to business. I still have four more things that you should be doing when you first start out in business. So number six is to get a business coach. Now I have interviewed several business coaches on the Kate show recently. And if you want to go back and listen, feel free. But right now I'm just gonna say, you need this, you need this so badly. If I could have, I would have definitely hired a business coach from day one. It would have saved me literally years of struggling and trying to figure out who my ideal client was. It would have helped me get more confidence. It would have helped me set my prices correctly from the start. And those things are so important because they directly impact how much money we're able to take home. And I had a lot of issues with feeling like I didn't deserve to set higher prices or I was an imposter and how dare I charge for the service I was offering because here I am just a little nobody from nowhere in the Midwest. So if you are feeling like an imposter, if you have low confidence, if you just need some direction because you feel like you're lost in the fog of business newness, then get a business coach. They are so helpful and you don't have to work with them forever or you can work with them forever. You know, it's totally up to you. And the awesome thing is the two business coaches I have interviewed on this podcast, Michelle Williams and Nancy Ganzikoffer, they both have such awesome ways of helping people specifically in the interior design, staging, and other creative industries. They have online courses, they have one-on-one coaching, and there's so much value you can get from them even without directly engaging their services. So I highly suggest that you go check them out. I will link both of their episodes in the resource section of the show notes. Okay, now The next thing that you need to do is join a peer network to grow your business. It's really important to know that you're not in business all by yourself. And that is one huge reason why I personally love the WCAA or the Window Coverings Association of America. And quick disclaimer, I am on their national board of directors. I am an industry partner with them. I have been for a couple years now. And hands down, this organization is just 
the most incredible because people genuinely care about each other's businesses. They care about each other as people. And the WCAA is so good about putting out the right educational content that will help you grow your business. And it focuses a lot on window treatment workrooms, but it is also very helpful for interior designers and companies who also serve interior designers. So I have gotten a lot of value out of it, even though I am not an interior designer or a window treatment workroom, just because it focuses on real life business issues that we need to solve, that we need to figure out. And it also provides this awesome group of mentors who have gone through this, who have been in the trenches, and we can go ask them, hey, I'm experiencing this in my business, what do I do? And especially in the WCAA Facebook groups or even at their actual chapter meetings, you're going to get instant help. That's just how this community works and I am such a huge fan of it. The other organization I really love is the Interior Design Revolution, which is led by Rachel Waldron. So shout out to you, Rachel. The Interior Design Revolution was born out of a need for interior designers to take back the power in their businesses from how they set their prices to where they source their products to how clients think about them and really you know taking back the power as far as we refuse to let this become a completely do-it-yourself market we see that DIY actually creates a lot more problems and it's just really amazing to see how these men and women have banded together based on mutual respect and business integrity and how they hold their vendors to a higher standard of that integrity. So if you feel like you really need that feisty spirit of I am proud to be an interior designer and I stand behind my prices and I stand behind making sure that people don't try to usurp my authority and go around me to get to the homeowner who is actually my client, then you need to just join the IDR. So Interior Design Revolution, I will put the link in the show notes along with the WCAA. You guys definitely need to check them out. A few other organizations that I know we all think highly of and that I recommend that you consider joining would be the National Kitchen and Bath Association or the NKBA. Um, of course, we all know about the ASID, the IAHSP, which is a staging organization, and the Real Estate Staging Association of America, which is R-E-S-A. Oh my gosh, so many acronyms, guys, but I'm going to link all of these in the show notes because it is important to band together with your peers. There is power in numbers. Okay, so after you've joined a peer organization, which, by the way, is not expensive. The next thing you need to do is join a network or an organization that contains your ideal client. So this is a different type of organization and it's basically where you come to a place where your client is already hanging out and you partner with that organization and get that organization to start recommending you to their members. And this has worked so well for me and that's actually how I approached the WCAA and even the Interior Design Revolution because first of all, I had to prove I'm a real person, I have a legitimate offering and I am trustworthy. And when you can earn their trust based on mutual respect, then 
you can start getting recommended to their members. Plus, you can just start being a friend and a really helpful resource to those members without coming across as salesy because nobody wants to be sold to, but everybody wants to be helped and everyone wants to know that you actually care about what they're going through. So if you are a designer, a stager, or a workroom, this is going to look different for each of you. So if you are a workroom that is strictly selling to interior designers, then you could actually join the interior design revolution or ASID and get connected that way. And it would that would actually mean you would have to be involved in potentially fewer networks. But if you are a workroom that is also retail, and then of course, if you are a stager or an interior designer and you are working directly with the homeowner or directly with the real estate agent, you need to get involved in groups where those people are already hanging out. Whether it's a neighborhood association, a golf club, a book club, a religious organization, maybe it's a group at your church. Anytime you can get involved in an organization that meets regularly and ideally in person because your services are delivered in person, you're going to benefit from it because even if you just get one client, that one client who will love you and get to know you will then start referring you to all of his or her friends and that is how you can really expand your reach and put your word of mouth referrals on steroids. So tip number nine on how to grow your business right from the start includes considering advertising as a lesser form of getting your name out there and collaborating as the primary way you should be exposing your business to the correct markets. Now, I touched on this a little bit earlier in past episodes and also when I mentioned joining the right networks and getting those networks to recommend you to their members, but I really want to expound on this because it is a huge reason for my own business's success and I have also seen it work extremely well for people who are in the home industries. So if you are trying to reach your ideal client, I mean, first of all, you have to know who your ideal client is, otherwise you won't know what groups they're in, so you won't know which groups to join and it will be very confusing. I suggest staying away from general marketing groups such as BNI and nothing against BNI, but it's a situation where people are forced to refer you to other people and just in my experience, it can result in some pretty bad clients. So instead, put your money and your effort towards a niche group that contains your target client and become an industry partner or become a sponsor. Do something that gets your name in front of these people in a positive way. And anytime you have the opportunity to interact with them, whether it is on a Facebook group, on a Facebook page, in a webinar, in person, do those things. Because the more you show up as a real person and not just a walking salesman, saleswoman, whatever you are, you're going to develop those relationships and there is so much more than just transactional. Advertising is a transactional relationship. You give money, you hopefully get something in return. But in a relationship, you are investing for the long term and that means you're also going to see long term results from it. 
So I did create an episode about the difference between marketing and advertising. If you would like to go check that out and just kind of get yourself familiar with what you should and shouldn't be spending money on as far as those things are concerned, you should definitely check it out. Go listen to it. But in a nutshell, make sure that collaboration is always getting more of your time, your money, your attention than advertising because advertising is a very limited medium. Okay, guys, that is all my tips for today. But I said earlier in the episode that I had something special for you. So you can wait no further. Here it is. If you are struggling with getting an email newsletter out into the world every single month, and if you're not sure what to say, if you're not sure how to put one together, if you have no idea how to use MailChimp, then what I'm about to offer is a perfect fit for you. If you head over to socialitevault.com, you're gonna get access to three different newsletters. You may or may not want to use all of them, and it's no cost to you. And if you find that you can't customize them and send them out, then my team and I are happy to do it for you. Again, this is no cost to you. We truly believe in the power of email marketing, and we know that if you are not sending a monthly email newsletter to your past or your current clients, then you are missing out on so many projects and so much money, and that is not a good thing. It's not a good feeling, especially if you're like, why is my pipeline kind of dry? Like, why is it empty? How come I don't have more projects on the horizon? Well, if you're not sending a monthly email newsletter, that is why. People will easily forget that you exist, even if they had a great time working with you. So sending a newsletter every four weeks keeps you top of mind, but it won't irritate them. It's the perfect sweet spot. It is the happy medium. And that is why I am giving away some email newsletters. So if you are a home stager, an interior designer, or a window treatment workroom, whether you are to the trade or retail, you can get these newsletters at socialitevault.com. You can also get them at katethesocialite.com and just try them out. They already have the images and the text, but you could of course change any of it if you would like. And we'll send it out for you if you really don't wanna mess with it. So you really, you don't have any excuses now. You can send an email newsletter. You can get your mailing list put together. You can actually take control of marketing your business and do the responsible thing by using email marketing, which is so much more affordable and more effective than social media, than advertising. It doesn't require any special memberships. Like, come on guys, give it a shot. So. That is all I have for you today. I hope these tips were helpful. If you have any questions about this episode, you can email me by heading over to my website, socialitevault.com or katethesocialite.com. You can also join my Facebook group, Marketing for Home Pros. Guys, there are so many ways you can connect with me. Just pick one. I would love to hear from you. And obviously, I take requests from listeners. So if you have a topic you would like me to talk about on the show, contact me. Let me know. Until next time, guys, keep your marketing simple and your message clear. Thanks for listening to The Kate Show. Please hit the subscribe button and share this episode with a business bestie who needs to grow her interior design or home staging firm. To inquire about our products and services, please visit us at katethesocialite.com. Until next time, keep your marketing simple and your message clear.